1: For something to put a smile back on your face, just remember in unusual times it can come from an unusual place. You need a partner for the ride, because everybody needs. taught me shit 90 shows taught me was not filmed before live studio audience
2: welcome back to shit 90 shows taught me i'm
3: jess sterling here with my co-host sarah frigginson sarah how are you hello welcome <laughs> to our podcast um I'm doing pretty well. I've been interviewing new co-hosts all morning, and it's just like the craziest thing. Like, crazy people have been calling. And yeah, do they they cook and clean for you? Make you dinner? Set themselves I mean, on fire? They should. They should. But I don't know. Like, they're all wackos. So I guess I just will stick with uh, the Jessica Sterling. <laughs> I guess.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So as you said, we are covering 1993's Mrs. Doubtfire and we're not alone. We couldn't do this alone. Um, We're here for a crossover event, a momentous occasion. Um, So we have two people joining us. First coming up, uh, we have someone who is not a stranger to Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. She's come on once before to talk about baseball. Um, Grace leader, how are you?
4: I'm great. I'm so excited to be back. Thanks for having me. Talking about some Robin Williams. Um, I'm excited.
2: Awesome. And her co-host on the Hold Up podcast, we have Hudson joining us. Hudson, how are you?
5: Hello. I am doing great. Really excited to dig into this, uh, this this classic.
2: Yes, certainly a classic. A 1993 amazing film, Robin Williams, for Robin Williams month. Um, uh like a smash winner in our poll mm-hmm. what it had like
3: forty something percent of the a vote, Sarah? whopping forty one percent of the polls so no. um we had put up a poll for you the audience to choose which four uh which two out of four Robin Williams movies will cover and uh Mrs. Doubtfire really took it home first um up against Jack um Jamunji. And flubber, which like mm-hmm. the flubber crew, like did try mm-hmm. to come out, but mm-hmm. it did not happen. Uh, the flubber crew is not as big. Maybe they need to add more flubber to the mix because flubber <laughs> expands, but not this, not the flubber crew.
2: No, no. Um. So when we when we knew Mrs. Doubtfire was going to win, I think we had a discussion where like you know we really need the people from Hold Up to come on and tell us like <laughs> does this hold up because. Like, thinking back to it, I was like, the minute we put it on the poll, I was like, oh, well, it's going to win. And then when I thought, oh, it's going to win, I was like, oh, no. But there's probably some stuff that's, like, not great now. <laughs> like, as much as... We this is a childhood classic for many of us um in the nineties. I mean, obviously we're in 2021 now. Like there's certainly going to be some things that did not age well. So, um, not only will we be revisiting this film and talking about all the amazing parts, everything amazing that Robin Williams does in this like star-studded cast. Um, but we're also gonna be talking about like, does some of this stuff hold up? Um, and that's why Grace and Hudson are joining us. They're gonna help us figure that out. Um, so I'm so excited for you both to be here. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about, uh, Grace, we'll start with you. Do you want to talk a little bit about like your history with Robin Williams? Um, were you a huge fan of him in the nineties?
4: It's a hot take. I love Robin Williams. (laughs) Real hot take. I'm coming in strong. Wow With my my adoration <laughs> of like probably the funniest man who's ever lived Rob millions um, yeah and I've like all the, like I wanted you to cover all four of the films that you put in the poll like I just uh, he's so great he's so amazing um, and this one in particular I have a lot of like remnants for this film um, for like some stuff we can get into Um later um but yeah I, I love robin williams so much like he's like tremendously funny like yeah it's not, it's not new takes but um he's he's so funny and he's so funny in this um and yet yeah it's like there's some stuff in here that i'm like oh no like oh oh <laughs>
2: so yeah uh, hudson what about you uh tell us a little bit about your history with robin williams yeah
5: similarly to grace you know he was uh kind of like the fifth member of my household and that he was a, a great like uh adult figure that was like on the tv often um jack was my my main uh robin william movie as a kid Though my dad was a big mork and mindy fan so we did watch that quite a bit um on dvd back in the day um yeah i don't have like a lot of memory of mrs Doubtfire other than i had seen it and that it's full of hijinks um so it was really um exciting to go back and watch it for the first time in maybe like 20 years
2: mm-hmm. oh wow yeah I think, I mean, it's definitely been. I can, I feel like I haven't seen this movie since I was at least in my teens, right? Like, it's certainly been a while. It's not something that's like, uh, comes to mind as like, oh, I should watch this movie every year or something like that. But, um, definitely similarly, I I was like like any '90s kid, you know, Mrs. Doubtfire, he's the genie in Aladdin. You have Jack, Jumanji, Flubber, all of those films. Um, and he's just such an iconic actor in them. His voice work is. Absolutely his improv style all of Those things um, just amazing Um, so I'm Really excited to to revisit this movie What about you Sarah I know you in Particular love Robin Williams
3: yeah I Really I really love Robin Williams of Course Um, Mrs. Doubtfire is obviously a movie that I've seen like a gazillion times I think it's one of the only movies I'm not the type of person that ever turns on a TV And like finds something to watch Or like flips to the channels That's just not how I do it But if I were to flip through the channels the Probably the only movie I would stop down for Is Mrs. Doubtfire Because you can kind of like go in it At any spot of the movie And still enjoy it Because it's like I don't know for me I know it so well and I just like you could just like pop in anywhere um, and you know you kind of just like it's one of those movies that you just get like sucked into and like you don't stop watching until like maybe one scene which like is probably my hot take um, as a person that doesn't really like cringe comedy Um, but we'll get into that I'm really excited to get into it I just I love it I love the cast the cast is really really great Um, Definitely a lot of familiar faces between the children and Sally Fields and uh, everybody really it's just an all-star cast Yeah I didn't I obviously I remembered Sally Field
2: being in it she's amazing I mean obviously I feel like for me most notably probably Forrest Gump is one of the ones that I remember her Mm -hmm. from most but she's in like everything you know like she's Sally freaking Field man like uh just fantastic um casting I think Grace I feel like she plays this like uptight character very very well. Yeah, she's
4: perfect for this role of like, yeah, she's like trying to, you know, launch her career and she's at work and uh she has this like annoying husband who's like just goofing <laughs> off all the time. And she's perfect for it. Like how exasperated she is. Um and I really I feel that of like her uh I'm someone who often wants to be very silly. Um and then it's like when no, somebody has uh, me yeah, I know. <laughs> and then but like the person who like is trying to like keep it to get like trying to keep it together and she's like you know i love the you know what are the two where she's like she's like I, i'm trying to have like i brought a cake like i'm trying to be fun you know <laughs> it's like you'd always try to like one-up me she's perfect in this role she's really great
2: yeah i think i think she's pretty amazing hudson is what is the most uh like notable role for for sally field for you i
5: i feel really bad i had no idea that was sally field um and i think oh my goodness the <laughs> only role i know her in like this is really bad like i think i just have like like a blind field of Sally Field, I don't know. Um, but it's Brothers and Sisters because my old roommate mm. used to watch that show on repeat, and I literally mm-hmm. cannot think of another role she was in.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like she's like she's obviously very famous. I think Steel Magnolias. Sarah, yeah. were you
3: a big Steel Magnolias fan? Um, actually, I just recently, in the last couple of years, watched Steel Magnolias, and. I mean, this movie was like literally made for me. I love Steel Magnolia's. It's an eighty nine movie Rats because that would have been like pushed <laughs> to the top of my want uh to watch list. Um I guess come on that that movie is spectacular, mm. but yeah, like I would say that Mrs. Doubtfire, for me was the most infamous film. Um, For me With Sally Fields But um, yeah Like she's just like one of those Hollywood faces That's an absolute star
2: Mm -hmm. She's also Sassy in uh, Homeward Bound Who knew Oh. Oh The and cat. that is like to me Homeward Bound is never a movie I would cover on this podcast because I'm literally incapable of like talking about it without it would just be an hour and a half of sobbing um, mm-hmm. And I just can't but that is one of my all-time favorite childhood movies and yeah of course she's Sassy the Cat it The Sassy sense. the
3: Cat ruled my life like I of am did. Sassy the Cat yeah. like yeah
4: Because at one time at summer camp the, the, it was like a movie night and I actually hated movie nights at camp I'm like we're at camp we shouldn't have moved but I'm like whatever they put it on the sk- whatever and then someone's like yeah we're watching Homeward Bound <laughs> it's like no no you're not no you're not the beginning no. of the movie is all the animals being dropped off and then they leave and then internally in the, in the heads of, they're all like Oh, I, what if they never come back? Like you can't show. to that that like camp. campers who are at camp. Oh no! Uh, that's no. yeah. Anyway, that's like. Did they show it? No, I was like, oh, no. Could. You can watch Toy Story, <laughs> you know, like, which is like maybe not even that much better, but like the toys it's not, leaving it's them. Not a ton better. But yeah, know, whatever. It's Toy Story. You know, they've all seen Toy Story. Um, and then I also didn't know I, didn't know. I didn't know. I've never seen Steel Magnolias, but I didn't know it's about like a character dying from type one diabetes, which yeah. I have type one diabetes. I need to watch this movie immediately. It's it's wow. a wow, spectacular movie. Was like you want to get in Grace's wheelhouse? I'll f- I'll make some films.
3: <laughs> Do we have a like, quick rankings of the animals from Homework Bound? Homework Bound, yeah, Sassy I mean, the cat, is
2: Numero Uno. No, no,
3: no, Sassy the cat, Chance, Chance. Shadow. You put Shadow last. <laughs> the odd- Only to fuck with you Yeah because
2: literally the scene Tell me okay you are Not a human being if you don't cry When Shadow like is stuck In the mud and then makes it out And the little boy's like Shadow Traumatizing moments As a child Hudson traumatizing
5: Yeah yeah no that was the first thought I had when I thought when I heard Shadow's name Was like him covered in mud and unable to Climb out oh
2: yeah and he's Like I'm just too old so sad. See, sad. Anyway, before we all start sobbing on the podcast, um, let's move on to some of the other cast members. Pierce Brosnan first of all I, I'm not like a I'm not a I mean Grace this yeah. is perfect timing for you yeah. I'm not a Bond person but you are currently I mean, watching through some Bond films on Pocho Recaps I and mean, the
4: whole point is that I'm I'm not a Bond person I'm becoming a Bond person because Jessica Lee was like you've never seen it you should you watch them some- yeah. <laughs> we stole community buildings concept um, so we're gonna we might not even watch a Pierce Brosnan movie before the new one comes out because uh, the, the format is that they're gonna vote people will vote between a Daniel Craig or Pierce Brosnan mm-hmm. but he is really good this he's perfect as like this um the like very handsome new suitor um of Miranda yes yeah,
2: Stu who's super sexy and taking over Rob it's like so funny to have like Robin Williams standing next to Pierce Brosnan mm-hmm. yeah. like it's perfect. like
3: this woman has a varied amount of taste <laughs> very different people well yeah it's like um Stu was her like OG boyfriend and they Didn't work out so then she like downgraded I mean I don't know like I, I would kind of rather somebody That makes me laugh but Quote unquote downgraded to Robin Williams Nonetheless I would love Pierce Brosnan to be my step Daddy my step zaddy um, Please <laughs> Uh, aside from that, he is most recently in the critically acclaimed new Cinderella movie. Hudson, have you tortured yourself with that yet?
5: Not so it's bad. <laughs> I, I have not. I I was planning on watching it, but I guess I will be skipping it now if it's it's really not that good.
3: <laughs> That's what the, the people in the streets say. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I just
4: can... keep driving around Hollywood hoping that I'll run into James Corden dancing <laughs> as a mouse. That's how I wanna take in that movie. <laughs>
5: Wait, he's a mouse in that movie.
4: I don't know if he's a. Ma- I think he's a. Ma- I think he's a. Ma- There's like a video, a viral video of him like you know doing like a, a thrust dance in front of a car as a mouse. I think. Oh, I like cats wasn't
3: cats. rough enough for him. Yeah, that's right.
2: Oh. No. <laughs> oh no yeah.
5: I'm really out of the loop I guess. Um,
3: oh my
2: gosh Grace did you know Romesh R- Romesh from Taskmaster is in, is in it?
4: it yeah I heard oh that my- too poor guy
2: <laughs> James Aikester is in it too Doc
4: Brown is in it as well he was oh in my Taskmaster. word it
2: yeah. is a Taskmaster field yeah. bind over here yeah Um. Yeah. So we have Pierce Brosnan. Um. Then obviously, uh, Harvey Fierstein plays Frank, which is Robin Williams' brother. We'll get into him and his relationship, um, with his partner in the film. One of the to me, one of the shining moments, I think, that was like, oh wow, like in a '90s movie to have this was really nice. Mm -hmm. Um. But another famous actor, I think, uh, for me, probably more notable for like his voice work, um, like in Mulan. Um, he plays a lot. I think he does a lot of voice acting. You can kind of tell because he has like a very distinct voice. His like, voice. Very, very distinct.
5: Yeah, he, he is a very famous role in The Simpsons as Homer's uh, secretary uh, when Homer grows hair. Uh, and he, of course, uh, originated the role of uh, Tracy's mother, uh, Edna, um, on Hairspray. Uh, so like his voice mostly is on the Hairspray original cast soundtrack for me.
2: Ah, uh, okay. Yes, now that you say that, I feel like it's triggering some, some memories of yes. Because when he talked, like, I didn't recognize his face. But when he talked, I was like, okay, this guy's familiar. Um, so, yes, Harvey Fierstein is Frank Um, And then obviously the children We have Lisa Jacob as Lydia I don't recognize her from anything else And her IMDB photo is like Her very young so I assume she was just a child star And did not continue acting a ton She's in
4: Independence Day and then I think that's like Really it Uh, does some like TV Stuff but yeah Canadian though Oh there you go
3: Amazing did you guys um, Read or see What um, that like the filming Was so extensive for her That she missed five months of school And she got expelled um, be- From high school She was in ninth grade And then Robin Williams felt like that was Really unfair so he wrote a letter To like the principal in the school And she- they received The letter and they actually Framed the letter and it's still up uh, Reportedly in the school But Amazing. they did not let Lydia Back in <laughs> oh. school Come oh well, that they shouldn't be able to frame it then. I That's know some trash. I what know is that. So then she got her GED, and then she eventually went to the University of Virginia. But yeah, like the school, like really slighted her. Ugh. Ugh. I go take that letter down.
5: I think it <laughs> might have been Robin Williams' fault, though, because apparently he would do like twenty takes per scene because he wanted yes. to like, exhaust the scenes of like all the material. So I feel like he might have had to do that out of guilt. <laughs>
4: I blame the That's principal personally. Fair. I don't blame Ryan <laughs> at all. That's completely
2: fair, yeah. Because Chris Columbus was like, "Do whatever you want." Like some of his improv was like way better than whatever was written. So they do a few takes of the normal takes, and then he would just go off for like twenty minutes and do whatever he wants. Which, yeah. if it's Robin effing Williams, you're gonna let him do what he wants. Come on now. Yeah. Um, then of course, Matthew Lawrence as Chris Hillard, obviously Sarah and I know him best as Jack on Boy Meets World. Um, but he was in, Sarah, did you watch those, that like series of films that I want to say were like Disney Channel movies and they were all about these like three brothers? Yeah. Wasn't
4: it, yeah. wasn't they, was it not all the Lawrence brothers? Was it not? Mm-hmm. I thought.
3: I yes. mean, uh, yeah, like it was the three Lawrence brothers. It was brotherly. Bro- oh no, brotherly love. Was they had a, a show.
4: show. I watched brotherly love a yeah, lot. Yeah, brotherly actually. love. Yeah, me
5: too. Yeah.
2: Oh, now I need to find the names of these. Hudson, do you know what I'm talking about? Is jumping ship one of them? There's a
5: horse one where like Joey is like a city guy and then he gets sent to like a farm where the two younger Lawrence brothers live. <laughs> yes. And horse he, sense. There we go. That one. <laughs>
3: Yeah, all these sounds so familiar to me. Yeah, there's horse sense, there's jumping ship. They all have like
2: very distinct, um, like very distinct themes. So like, yeah, the horse one, then there's the one where they're like, they go boating and stuff. Yeah, like these movies I remember loving as a kid. They're probably horrible. Oh, they're guess.
4: probably so bad, but like... Um, I feel like my, you know, if my first ever crush was Jonathan Taylor Thomas, the Lawrence brothers are not far behind, you know?
3: Of course. They kind of go hand it's in like, hand.
4: It's like more ground. It's more of a grounded crush. I'm, like, I'm not going to get Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I could maybe get one of the Lawrence brothers.
3: <laughs> maybe. I think Andrew, any anyone, yeah. Any of us can get. I yeah. was, was going
2: to say, Lawrence.
3: which one was it? Because Andrew was the
2: youngest, then Matthew's the middle, and Joey Joey's... is the oldest. Yeah,
3: Andrew, I mean, I don't want to look shame but it's just like uh, compared to the other two Lawrence brothers like I think that they ran out of like good looking juice by the time that they got to the third
4: I, I mean it is I mean it's not it's not wrong, it's not wrong.
2: <laughs> the thing is none of the three of them really look alike like you could tell me no. they weren't related at all and I would believe you
5: oh yeah. no it's kind of like uh,
2: no I think I always had a crush on Matthew Lawrence though
5: Oh, he's the, yeah, for sure I feel so. like they're kinda like opposite Jonas brothers in that like people kind of feel like the youngest is the hottest and yeah. then they got progressively less hot. Um,
3: yeah. What is this phenomenon? I it's like it's a thing where like the last kid is always <laughs> supposed to be like the hottest one, like Oh, th- thank you. Usually in threes, but I'm right. I'm right in the middle. This is bad. This is bad for me. No matter (laughs) what,
4: no matter what, I can't really be on
3: top or I guess it's fine.
2: fine. You're at least you're average. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. You're not ugly.
3: Yeah, but uh, I don't know. Poor poor Andrew Lawrence. I hope that he's like working in finance now. No, he actually he's. (laughs) No, actually, he's actually um still working in Hollywood.
2: Kidding. Moving on to the youngest of the Hillard children, we have Mara Wilson playing Natalie or Natty as they call her. I mean, we all know her as Matilda. Very obviously Miracle on 34th Street. She was in just a ton of stuff in the 90s. Yeah. Um, Just like a standout. Her cute little lisp, like it is just as cute as I remembered. Yeah. She's great. She's perfect. She's she's great. She's the best. She's
3: adorable.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I thought I that she, she was like Oh, what's what's up Jess? No, I was just going to say like her her facial expressions, right? She's like how I mean how old is she? She's like 6 in this movie. Oh no, actually she's older than that. But uh but she, her facial expressions just look so genuine like when she finds out that Mrs. Doubtfire is actually her father, she's just like daddy. Like so well done I don't know For, I'm not a huge like yeah. person On like children in general But I feel like As a child actor Like she did a great job
3: I actually I was watching like A bunch of YouTube videos And like interviews And like to At first they were She wasn't directly talking To Robin Williams At that scene She like was talking To like this little piece of tape On top of the camera And they couldn't get her there So then they put like A little Polaroid Of Robin Williams On top of the camera And she was able To pull that line off <laughs> cutie patootie
5: she's cool right. yeah
2: yeah yeah so i think that uh sorry go ahead Hudson. honestly
5: i just appreciate that she's one of like the most like comp- like level-headed child stars i feel like to come out of the 90s um yeah you know it, it makes me happy to like not have to you know worry about her criminal record or you know substance abuse issues because she seems pretty chill <laughs>
2: Yeah, absolutely. She yeah. definitely is one of the more like down to earth. Yeah, for sure. Um and then of course Chris Columbus is the um is the director. I mean, the guy has made a million amazing movies. <laughs> like I, we could talk about his resume for hours cuz there's just so much in here. Um but I I think right call to have a combo of Chris Columbus and Robin Williams and obviously all the rest of the cast on this film because it's like I think allowing for Robin Williams to just go off and do the improv like we were talking about definitely gave them more takes and I think I read that it was like they had anywhere from like a PG to an NC-17 rating depending on what they (laughs) want what scenes they wanted to use in the film Um, ultimately ended up being PG-13 but but yeah let's let's talk a little bit about the movie kind of what worked what didn't work for us Um, Robin Williams plays Daniel a voiceover actor um, he like quits his job at the first scene of the film. Um, rightfully so. They have this like cartoon of a bird smoking that's going to be seen by tons of children, um, and he's just like, "Oh, oh I'm dying!" <laughs> um, instead of saying he's supposed to. Um, but we get the vibe instantly that Daniel is not necessarily the uh, bad cop in the mother, in, you know the the mom dad uh, situation here. He certainly is the more the fun one of the family. Um, Grace, how would you react if you came home and your house was filled with barnyard animals? Oh,
4: I'd be so mad. I'd be so <laughs> mad. I know. I said earlier I was like I like to be silly, but this is like this is not silly. This yeah. is dangerously irresponsible and. The worst decision an adult could make is <laughs> mm-hmm. just to like let a horse in your house <laughs>
2: Eat the cake too I love the neighbor Like using a broom to shoo a, yeah, a bunny rabbit down the street <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was a bit much um, He's married to Miranda Who uh, seems to be Is she like, Sarah, is she like an interior designer? She is
3: She's an interior designer Which I can understand why she's so pressed now
2: <laughs> because the career <laughs> yeah, like, can relate.
3: The career is um you know, it's it is a lot. So yeah, she's an interior designer and she's definitely like the bread maker, very successful um in this firm. Um and, you know, she I feel I feel bad because When I was a kid, I was like, Miranda sucks Like, you are a fun killer Like, but now, like, as an adult I can... See why it's so aggravating Like having to be the one that's always the disciplinarian Having to be the one that always has to clean up the messes It seems as though Daniel can't really keep a job long term Even though he has a ton of talent But, um, you know, it just seems like it's been a frustrating situation They are celebrating like 14 years or well they've been married for 14 years. So it seems like these have been ongoing problems for nearly at least 12. So I can see why it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, what do you what do you think of their marriage dynamic Hudson?
5: Uh you know, it it really uh I think they were really trying to paint that like, you know, no-fault divorce is a good thing for the children sometimes. Um uh you know, this this came out. I feel like every Every generation has their divorce film. Um, this was the 90s kids' divorce film. So I think they really needed to paint why these two people are not compatible and shouldn't be living under the same roof anymore. So, I, you know, you know I think that they had to like go for the most complete opposite, like the most uptight person you can think of with the most straight-laced career. I guess interior designer isn't super straight-laced, but... She's very successful at it. And then, you know, a freelance voice actor, um, you know, I wouldn't want anyone to have to marry a freelance voice actor. So I understand her pain. Um, so yeah, like it, I feel like it's it's a really great setup for, you know, just like the divorce story because um, we're, I think this is the era where the divorce becomes like normalized or the no fault divorce at least.
2: Absolutely. And I think that what's wonderful is that apparently originally the screenwriter that they first hired Had the ending as to what the ending is now Where they don't end up back together And the studio was like no no no, we don't want that We want a happy ending but then they Ultimately like changed their minds which I Do think is the right call because if you Show if you have divorce which like Hudson You were saying it was like pretty taboo For a long time and the First like generational divorce Story is one of reconciliation Doesn't necessarily give The right message Because a lot of people should get divorced If they're not happy If they're having fights constantly It's not great for the kids to be in an unhappy family household like that Um, So I ultimately really like And I I agree with you Sarah Like when I'm as a kid Of course I'm rooting for Robin Williams I'm not rooting for the uptight designer You know Um, But I do think that like they do make Miranda likable as time goes on, and you understand more why she makes the decisions she does make. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that did surprise me, though, is that obviously they—they, they, you know, she says she wants to get divorced very early on in the film, um, and it's interesting to me that they didn't even do like any type of mediation. It immediately went to like court where she's getting sole custody. He has three months to get his act together, get a job, get a house. And get settled, and then they'll revisit. And to me, Grace, that seemed like, oh, okay. If they're splitting somewhat amicably, you would have thought that they would do mediation first.
4: Yeah, I feel like they yada yada this a little bit, like because uh, mm-hmm. he's like he does propose. He's like, we should go to therapy, or you know, or whatever. You know, at least he's like kind of proposing um, this middle ground. I do get the sense from Miranda that this is like, the, I mean, it is the last straw here. But like, I feel like this sort of stuff has probably come up. A lot to the point that she probably knows that like um you know she she's kind of right i mean this is the thing that i do i do really like about the movie is that um they are both right in this uh in this situation of what like why it's not working you know each other like he's like you work a ton she's like you don't work at all like right and then you like through this big party and like i i thought i was coming home to be the fun mom and i brought a cake and then a horse ate the cake you know like it's like uh she's frustrated and i feel like she's probably come home a lot of times and been really frustrated mm-hmm. and just knows that like i actually do think that like based on the one scene we get she probably knows that like he's he's probably not it's actually not maybe even super safe for like him to like have uh you know responsibility over them at least mm-hmm. at this point so i you know they they don't really explain that but I, I i sort of understand why they like jump to like okay we're in a court scene and it like it's one of those movies i think as a kid's movie or that at least i watched it as a kid it was like pretty real like big topics here right like they're not like it's, it's like you are not responsible enough to be like to be with your kids basically right it's like that's pretty intense for like a, a children's movie yeah
1: mm-hmm
5: yeah it's yeah sorry you go ahead go ahead. it's almost refreshing to see they're not like dumbing it down for the kids like here's you know these people who are having problems there's going to be have to you know they have to do something that's more adult in order to solve their problems even though it doesn't give the outcome everybody wants or even works for everybody um and I feel like for, you know, we wouldn't see. I don't think we see that today. I think they, they don't trust kids as much um, to understand like the nuance of adult relationships. And like, sure, they don't, but like, they do understand that when two adults are together and not happy, that maybe they shouldn't be together.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I do think they kind of like skip over some of the the finer the finer points of, of mediation and all of that. But the the gist of the situation is he has three months to get his act together. He needs to get a place. He needs to get a job. Um, and provide a stable household for the children Which is like completely fair um, You know those kids do need A stable household where there aren't barnyard animals Roaming around the house at all times um, so, so yeah So he has an apartment um, He gets a job as a shipping clerk at a TV station Not obviously something he really Wants to do um, But he's willing to do it for his kids um, but then he finds out that Miranda wants like a basically a, a nanny housekeeper type of uh, type of person to help out around the house, um, and this is when he gets Sarah. This is when it's, it's like, okay, Robin Williams, no, 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 this is not good. He changes the numbers on the classified ad so she won't get any calls. Yeah. And he continues to he starts calling her with using his voice acting skills to pose as a series of really bad applicants essentially,
3: yeah, yeah, basically uh, he's trying to scare her off um and i I and i I mean this montage is actually just kind of a really fun scene because it's just you can just see how the limits of like, well, the fact that it's limit, limitless how many voices Robin Williams can do. This scene and the scene where he um, has his appointment with the court liaison. It's like you can just like they just let him go full force, like do what you want to do. Say what you want to say. And we see it. And I think this is why like this movie is just like fun because it's like you can just see him like Robin Williams just like going there, going anywhere. And it's fun to let him, like, you know, loose on the reins. So yeah. Um, but yeah, like changing the this the number. Uh, tricky, tricky, you know, uh, not not the greatest, but you got to do what you got to do. I would change the number, too. I don't know. And it's her fault. It's her fault. For not proofreading. <laughs> like, hello. Like, because
4: get so, it together, like, Miranda. Yeah. Oh, edit your work.
3: Right. Like, Hudson, <laughs> as an interior designer, you have to pay attention to those small details and you have to like proof everything, right?
5: Well, I think she did, and she wasn't expecting her her, you know. Separated spouse to, you know, manipulatively change the numbers after she had probably proofread it. This was written in pen. She probably wrote over that from pencil, you know? So she's, mm-hmm. I can imagine her being very detail oriented. And I don't even think he needed to change the numbers. You like, you know, later in the film, she's trying to hire a new nanny and she's, you know, getting pretty terrible applicants mm-hmm. anyway. I mean, it's San Francisco, sure. I mean, in the 90s. So it's, it's, it's yeah. going to be quite a, an odd bunch. And also, anyone else like very offended when she like says how terrible his apartment is? And I'm like, that place looks beautiful There's there's like molding over like a fireplace It's got like the old school mm. Like decoration to it It's got a separate bedroom And kitchen like like mm. you, You're not going to find that today in San it's Francisco It's a palace.
3: Yes. Um, so, I mean he she really has to Give him more slack like he just Moved in I think everybody's Apartment or new home is a Mess when they just move in It takes at least like a month or so To like get your act together right Grace? Um yeah sure
4: I mean a no. month a month Grace I think any need... Yeah uh, okay
3: never mind yeah. Moving moving forward um <laughs> Jessica uh isn't it's isn't it It doesn't, wasn't she like just a little
2: bit judgy? Yeah, I think that, I think that what's not being considered as it never usually is in the nineties is like the, the mental health aspect as well. Um, Getting separated from a spouse, moving into an entirely new home, essentially getting told that, oh, the children that you see every day, now you don't have custody of them at all. And you only get like one weekend day a week to see your children. The mental health implications uh, I feel like would also take a toll On like how nice your place looks Mm. Like is that really your first Um, Thought of the day is like let me clean My place up when I'm horribly depressed And angry and sad and all of these other Emotions you're trying to process that's an Excellent Um, point yeah and I mean Also on top of that I Mean I feel like we get the vibe that Most likely Miranda is the one kind Of um, keeping the household In in ship shape Um, I Don't imagine that Daniel is super uh, Spick and span tidy Um, So that is probably also a new Thing for him as well um, but yeah the one thing I do want to point out in the in the scene where we get uh, you know Robin Williams flexing his voice acting chops just the, the tip of the iceberg in terms of problematic uh, things that happen we get he does one particular voice where he says oh yes I don't I don't deal with boy children because I used to be one and yes. we see Miranda like immediately like make a face and hang up obviously very negative connotations there. Um, we're told as an audience that this is a bad thing. This is a negative thing. Uh, not a great Hudson doesn't doesn't hold up I would say no
5: no not at all uh, it doesn't hold up on any end it doesn't hold up uh you know impersonating a trans person and it doesn't hold up responding with yikes after being told someone is trans like who didn't need you know even though this is not a real person this person who didn't need to disclose you know you're like yikes to you but also disclosing something that you're not and uh, I don't even want to get into it it was bad it was it was like the moment that I was like okay 25 minutes into this movie and the transphobia is here it's this
4: movie is really interesting in the sense of that. I think there actually is a lot of like, you know, we're going to get into like uh, Ron Williams brother like Daniel's brother. Um, There's a lot of ways in which this movie is actually like, you know, the reason I think I'm like was like drawn to it as a kid a little bit and watch it a lot of times is because there is like this inherent queerness to it um, that a lot of it like works uh and then a bunch of it is at the expense of trans people um throughout this entire movie and you know like it's funny like i was talking about yeah i'm gonna come on i'm gonna talk about mrs downfall on this podcast and uh, a lot of people i don't think would like inherently see queerness like even you know like it cross like is cross-dressing inherently queer like i yes uh i, I guess i would say so like um but yeah there's a lot in here that's like um yeah that that that, that the impersonation and then yeah, Southfield saying yeah, cause thats the problem. I actually had the biggest problem. With. I guess he's doing it as well. Like he knows he's going to get the reaction too, so that's bad um, mm-hmm. as well. But yeah,
2: yeah, it was one of the biggest uh, to me. Like especially like like you were saying Hudson, like kind of the first strike. I guess I was. I was like, oh no, oh don't like that. Um, but, but moving on from that, uh, obviously we get the, his, he's Mrs. Doubtfire. He does his accent. He has obviously strong credentials. Um, Miranda's impressed uh, and she invites him for or her, I should say for an interview. Um, and this is when we, we meet Frank, um, his brother, like you were mentioning grace. So Frank, uh, is Daniel's brother. He's a makeup artist. Uh, we have his Jack, his partner. Um, and I don't think like they don't, Talk about it a lot I feel like the most We hear is that we know that uh, they call Frank Uncle Frank and they say Aunt Jack actually later in the film Um which is Not I mean I don't know Hudson it's like It's like I, I Like that they have this this couple In the film but the way They handle it isn't the Best the entire time they're
5: they're just such An accessory that's the issue is Like their entire purpose Is like well he needs Somebody who can you know do the makeup on him and this is going to be a gay brother not just like any not just a sibling gay brother and gay brothers presumed partner and they're also kind of played for laughs like they're very feminine they're um what i would say like they're kind of like asexual and that they they don't they don't there's no mention of them actually being gay like it's just the camp factor of them and then yeah the aunt jack i thought was a yikes for me because it's like like, no, he's Uncle Jack. Like, he's, he doesn't identify. I'm like, maybe maybe he does identify as Aunt Jack. I don't know that. But from what we understand, he identifies as a man. So also, yikes to me. Like, I, Like, does he call him Aunt Jack in front of his face? That's my question.
3: Ah,
2: okay, good point. I had not thought of that in particular. I think that, like, to your point, one of the biggest problems is that we don't know his pronouns, right? Like, we don't know those things because they are a side piece to the main plot. Um, I do wish, like, like, Sarah, I wish we had seen more of their partnership and, like, it was labeled as such, mm-hmm. if that's what it is. Um, yeah. Versus, like, us assuming it. Right. Um, there's, you know.
3: there's, like, um, an air that they are, you know, romantic life partners. I like the fact that uh, Jack was giving... Um, Daniel and Frank's mother like makeup advice and like they have the closeness and obviously like the mom is very accepting of their partnership. So there's stuff that I liked about that sort of relationship. But yeah, like, you know, they are B characters and they're used as a a plot device. How? Daniel can get access to this prosthetic makeup. And I think in an ideal world, we would like to see maybe what Frank really thinks of his um, brother dressing up as a woman to spend time with his children or maybe even at the end of the movie when this all unravels his per, um his like perception of all of this or maybe use as a character witness. Um, for the court proceedings at the end where he loses full custody. I think that he could have been used better in more useful situations. Um, But I think to see this relationship and is it's nice to see. And I think that they could do more right Grace.
4: I yeah I agree there could be more and I, like at the same time I still I like it and this is very like again this movie was made in 1993 and not that like you know I'm always like feel like sometimes we give too much of an excuse for like well it was like from 30 years ago or whatever but um yeah I I really liked the scene I wish you know they could do more the like ant Jack thing like I think this is a thing we've come across a lot Hudson where like a hundred percent like prop like or 90 percent. this movie is written like even if there's like people that the writer is working with it's probably a straight person who's then writing this like queer character and so um it's probably not like you know exact on i do feel like i'll give them a bit of credit for it feeling a little bit more accepting than you know uh, a lot of queer representation i normally see f- mm-hmm. written from um straight people and yet that doesn't mean it's like the best representation ever Yeah, Mm
5: -hmm. Fair point I do
3: want to point out how much I actually Do love this scene Um, As a person that never Turns away a makeover scene In any movie just seeing The different looks and the different Voices and the different characters um, Is a lot of Fun yeah
2: yeah to Grace's Point about the queerness of the film The fact that he has like a Barbara Streisand Don't rain on my parade moment And you know like Fiddler on
1: the roof Mm -hmm. And
2: Norma yeah it's there's a lot of, like, queer things represented in this film, which is fantastic and very, it's fun to watch. And I think, like, not for nothing, I feel like he does a great barber He does. He really does. Yeah,
5: <laughs> yeah that might on. be the best scene of the movie, honestly, is the, the wigs. Oh, my goodness.
2: <laughs> hmm And I just love, like, the, like, painting his nails, and he's just like, no, not this one. It needs to be older. It needs to be older. The, jo- the, nose, that they, the nose, the prosthetic yeah, nose yeah. they put on him. I'm like, it looks like Robin Williams with a prosthetic nose. Like, you
3: need to do more. I think. Yeah, they all did. They again. all looked like Robin Williams. It's like, yeah. mm, this is not gonna cut it. Mm-hmm. So they had to go to the full, the plaster. We have, I don't have the strength, but I do have the plaster. I love that line. <laughs> uh, so then, what's like? This is when we get the full,
2: the full Mrs. Doubtfire um, garb. Um, and, uh, yeah, so she goes for an interview at the Hillard house. Um, and you know, I think that the, obviously Daniel has a leg up because he knows exactly what Miranda is looking for. She wants someone strict. who's going to lay down the law. And that is the type that he plays. Um, and he also knows exactly what the children are interested in. So it's very easy for him to manipulate them into liking him I, as Mrs. Doubtfire. I,
4: I do have to say, I mean, with the, like, you know, changing the number thing, whatever. Like, there is some suspension of disbelief you have to have in this movie. That, like, you have, like, we we have, we like Daniel from what we've seen. And then he's doing this thing that, like, if this was happening in real life, we'd all be like, that is terrible and awful and you're a bad person for doing that. But I mean, in this movie, yeah. you're like... Oh, what what whimsy! Oh, f- how fun! <laughs> you know what is so yeah. delightful. Uh, yeah, but he is literally yeah. manipulating everybody, he's, <laughs> his his ex wife and his three children. Yeah, um, you almost have so to, look, you, know, you have to, yeah, you turn, have to turn, turn that, that off. Yeah. I just like shut that off. Yeah,
5: yeah. Mm-hmm. But did anyone else? Uh, maybe this is just me as a New Yorker who's moving soon. Like, look up the address that she put in and see how much that apartment. Or that house costs now a month? No, Tell please us. let us know, um, though. $15,000 a month is the rent uh, estimate on oh. Zillow.
3: Oh, gosh. $5 million
5: oh. house.
3: Mm-hmm. This is the Hiller yes. house.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: My word. Which is, yeah, it's like um, they use the actual address,
2: right? Yeah.
5: And, Which oh, is yeah. Pretty and crazy. I think that
2: they. Isn't it like a spot on tour for like. Robin Williams fans now since he Passed
5: I'm I'm sure it is I just Went straight to Zillow and was Like how much is this house does This house cost now Um, yeah it makes Me looking at San Francisco real Estate you know it just it makes You feel better no matter where You live so I had to Mm -hmm.
3: I don't know I feel like five million is like Strangely like I don't know like Less expensive expensive. yeah like I feel Like it would have been more Expensive Speaking as someone who lives in Jersey, close to the city, that's probably why you. I mean, like I know of apartments that are fifty million in New York City, so a five million dollar full house is like not that bad deal. Yeah.
4: Well, should we all chip in?
5: Yeah, the
3: Hillary House. Yep, yep. Sure thing. It's a deal.
4: It's a deal.
5: If yeah, I don't I'd spend bargain. any money for the next twenty years I can I can yeah I can join it. Okay.
3: So
2: twenty years from now, it's like one of those uh, agreements of like when we're yeah, forty and yeah, yeah. both of yeah. us <laughs> you know, we'll buy married Hillard House. <laughs>
4: I just gonna put in my calendar real quick. <laughs>
2: um so so yeah, so obviously Mrs. Doubtfire, very impressive. Uh, Miranda is immediately like smitten and like, Yes, of course you're hired. Um and then
3: uh... I, I, I do have one question mm-hmm. Like do you think Like Because he gets there And like the kids are like Why can't we just be with dad And like Mrs. Dow Fires says Oh that's a great idea Like why They should really be with their father Do you think that It would At any point Like this was his Full intention like I'm going to go there I'm going to get this job and I'm going to um, like spend months and months doing this or do you think that he went there with the initial intention of like scaring her off um, from getting a nanny or like convincing her to just let the kids spend time with their dad
4: not by being a terrible nanny, I think. I think the ploy is like you know you get in there and she try- and then she's like, "It's so important for children to spend time with their their dad." You know, like like right. you, you know, like uh, you like get in there and then and then you can like you know now that she trusts you, you could be like, yeah, yeah. And then slowly know, like, and slowly, there's less time you need Mrs. Doubtfire, but and then yeah,
3: time with the dad. It's kind of like I don't know, like if we we're like, how intentional is this crime? Like, do you think that he came in here with like full intention to? Um, To act in this role for a long period of time Jess
2: I don't think that Daniel thinks anything through yeah. uh, A few months down the line I feel I like this see. is the last I think this is like a reaction More than it is an action In that he's like I miss my children I won't be able to see them I want to be able to spend time with them I will pretend to be this nanny to see them like, will he know what to do three months down the Maybe he's thinking this is just temporary and that three months down the line, he'll have the apartment and the job and everything lined up and he'll get, you know, um, shared custody. And I don't know what his plan is for Mrs. Dot. I mean, I don't know what he does with Mrs. Dotfire at he, that point. Oh, I'm moving back to the UK. He's like, also getting a lot know. of money
4: per week. Like, it's a good job. 300
2: per week. Yeah, it's a good job. Yeah. He's making a lot of money what? I feel like I would have Liked to hear him say Like oh all the money That you gave me I have since put in Like a fund for the Children's college Or something But the funny thing Is is she writing out Checks to a, a Eugenia Doubt Dalt- Or whatever you, Euph- 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 I can't pronounce her name Euphigenia Doubtfire And he can't even Catch Euph- these Euph- checks
3: Euphine- Euphine- That's not it <laughs> Eugenia. Euph- Cash those only. checks,
4: got, they gotta be made out to cash Do yeah. Yeah. you
3: think that Mrs. Doubtfire Is paying her taxes? Absolutely not Cash only under the table money. deal <laughs> do, you,
5: do you think maybe she's not even Cashing those checks and because um, The mother is so busy with work And trying to be with mm. this new man She's not even checking if these cash- checks are getting cashed and she's just Like oh wow like I guess I must be Saving some money because my husband isn't around You know I have to clean up after him And so she yeah he's not hiring circuses Yeah and maybe she just like Doesn't even notice it and maybe he's not even Taking the money that would be I think the best Way to think about it
2: Yeah I could see that because hmm. otherwise He can't really cash the checks anyway he has a regular Job now um, but we see, like, she implements all of these things to kind of, you know, get the children to a routine. Um, you know, they're doing your homework. She makes them, like, do like, house chores. Like, this kid is wiping down the baseboards. I can't even tell you the last time I wiped down my baseboards yeah. in my home. What are baseboards? Like,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's, like, he's like scrubbing the wall, and he's like, anything but this, please. Anything but this. It's awful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah some of the some of the best and I'm not even Someone I've said I've said this all the time on community Building on other things I'm not as much A physical comedy person like that is usually Not something that's going to get me laugh but I will say Robin Williams does things that Do make me laugh like the cooking Scene where he's trying to like prep dinner And he like everything's going Wrong he like sets himself on fire he Takes the lids of the pots so is like patting Himself down that did that Did kill
3: me I loved that moment It's classic <laughs> it
2: is.
3: Yeah, I mean, plating a dinner that you order out and, like, make it seem like it's your own is is perfect. It's the perfect way to win a man, actually, if you are not a cook. You're like, look, I am such a chef. I've plated all this beautiful food for you, but I've definitely made it myself. Um, That's but, what yeah. didn't work
4: with the Lawrence brothers.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, so and then it Also was talking about physical comedy The like the scene where like uh, The Like having to go back And forth as Mrs. Doubtfire And Daniel when the um, The Mrs. Selner's there And of course like The meringue mask and the Little bloops Iconic. like falling yeah. Into the teeth <laughs> Yeah. Uh, That was
2: actually improv from what I read. Like, that was not something. Basically what happened Is they weren't Expecting it to melt And it was because Of like the heat Of the cameras And the lights And everything Made it start Falling off of his face He just starts Improving that Which is why You'll notice That the actress Who plays Mrs. Selner Is kind of like Shocked and a little <laughs> Aghast at like These little ploppies so I wonder if He was actually Able to aim Or if they had To add that in After like these Little ploppies Like falling Into the drinks And spilling everywhere That's
3: disgusting
2: It is And she licks it She puts it on her face And then she licks it I was like That has been Another human being face man yeah that's not okay
5: but it was robin williams face i mean hello fair
2: yeah fair you're like this is famous now this spot on my face is famous i will never clean it it's another thing
4: i have to stress in my display of like it's like this full plaster that when you see something like a rip he's like ripping it off and then he's just like you can like put it back on immediately and it's like perfect it's like so ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> but i love it
2: no it's it's one of the best scenes. I think to me that's that's probably the scene I remember the Same. most is that one. Um, and then obviously the one of um, of him cleaning with the vacuum and, and dancing mm-hmm. to uh, one other thing that in my opinion is not something that holds up very well as a soundtrack of Ugh. this film. Um, dude looks like a lady. That was a jam back in the day. And now I hear it and I'm like, no, turn it off. Make it stop. Do something to end it. It's
5: awful. I was like waiting for it to show up in there. Like I knew it was in this movie. And I thought for some reason in my head, it was like the first scene of the film was like, yeah. That, it, that it was in and like so I was like Maybe they took it out maybe Disney was like No we don't want to associate this with the movie anymore <laughs> And I'm like good on them and then nope There it goes Nope.
3: And, not Disney Yeah,
5: And like this is the song I use when people are like There's always a debate where like people from California Like I call everyone dude regardless of their gender And I'm like there are people who don't want to be called it And here's one reason why because of this song So um, yeah it was, a, it was a nice reminder as to why this song Shouldn't ever be played on the radio Again so that was nice I guess
2: yeah no it's a it's a good point And that is why as a New Yorker Who says guys to mean Everybody all the time I try so Hard to break that habit so I'm like there are People who don't want to be called guys they don't want to be called guys Stop saying guys same thing with dude Yeah that song did not Age well um there's like walk like a Man there's like luck be a lady What was there was another one Maybe it was maybe it was a uh, walk like a Man that they started playing and I was like No no like s- Stop it Just stop it <laughs> yeah um but yeah the 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 vacuuming was one of the other ones just like the the way that robin williams like drops the the handle of the the vacuum and then uses the cord to like pick it back up and grab it that that is like what sticks out in my brain from this film
4: um yeah and uh, the one thing it's a chris columbus movie like the movie is so even like the opening like the like the of rolling over like san francisco and like the like that music is in the background like even like like there's a bit of that with like Harry Potter too. when like, cause he did the first yep. Harry Potter of like the, like we're going over the landscape with this like beautiful music. Like the, the most of the like music and cinematography in this movie, I really, really love. Um, it's just when they play, you know, certain songs and I'm like, Oh
2: man, you ruined it. Yeah. You ruined the moment. Yeah.
5: Did, did anyone like laugh out loud when it was like Mrs. Doubtfire staring at Pierce Brosnan? Um, and it's like the meme of did Mrs. Doubtfire doing the middle finger. Like I, like didn't even realize there was a meme from this movie that was like a still like a, no one <laughs> else remembers this where like where Pierce Brosnan name, is like no. leaving and she's staring out the window like this and he looks at her and she smiles <laughs> and then she flips him off
1: no I don't remember, I
5: don't remember this, this. I'm
2: looking this up because I don't remember like it's
5: I've seen this as a <laughs> yeah, meme yeah no format. no 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 it's like
3: from the window
2: oh yeah, <gasps> put in the di-
4: yeah okay show Yeah. I got
2: it yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's so good. The face. The
1: face. With the lip. Yeah. So good.
2: Yeah, all the stuff with uh with Mrs. Doubtfire and Stu is like it's funny and it's not. Obviously not pro poisoning people with food they're allergic to. Not right. Don't do that, people. Um but I do love like the the tiny digs that like Mrs. Doubtfire will get in on Stu of like just like uh- like when he's at the pool and he does like the triple flip or whatever, mm-hmm. and just like her, like razzing him. Yeah. Um, just, it, it, or I found that pretty funny, but
3: yeah. The, the nice car, like you're obviously compensating, like all, all that. Throwing the fruit at his head and saying it was a run by fruiting. Like,
5: <laughs> that
3: was my favorite. It's, yeah. It was a, a run by fruiting. Uh, And so, yeah, like that dynamic is very fun, especially when you think of it like what you're actually watching, like the husband, ex-husband, like watching the new boyfriend and like that relationship develop or even like um, Miranda asking Daniel for Mrs. Fire for like Clothes advice like which outfit Should I wear and it's like oh definitely Like the covered up One that's not Sexy at all frock. <laughs> <You can laughs> <throw> A frock <laughs> yeah,
5: To dinner Those, yeah. Yeah. Those scenes though were like you know um the mother, I'm sorry, I can't remember anyone's names in this movie except Daniel and Natty, so I'm just going to say the That's mother. all you, Yeah, Miranda Miranda okay. is the mom. Well, the, the scenes where she's, like, confiding in Mrs. Doubtfire, those are some of the scenes where I feel like I really had to, like, turn off the, like, manipulator, like, alarm. Because yes. it's just, like, it feels really icky. Like, I feel like him yeah. as a person, you know, should be like, hey, like, let's not talk about this. I'm your employee, you know. Because, like, it just feels like it's really creepy that he's, like, almost encouraging hearing about, like, her personal life and things that she would never confide in to Daniel. So, yeah, that's, like, one of the scenes that just doesn't hold hold up for me.
2: Yeah, especially the one, I think, where they're in the kitchen. Because, especially because she Mm. is talking to Mrs. Doubtfire about her previous relationship with Daniel. And, like, those are her private thoughts. And to me, there is, like something beneficial about being able to talk to your friends about your relationship um and it should be stuff that you should be able to say to your spouse or partner but at the same time like being able to get that out and vent that's like very private and sacred and so for him to be like hearing all of it it is icky um I totally agree with you Hudson it's very hard to like not realize like wow you're totally being like really mean and really awful and very manipulative in this situation
4: i think again i go back to this point about like the characters are pretty like fleshed out like they're all like none of them feel particularly like two-dimensional like even stew is somebody who very easily could have been a trope of like the obnoxious jerky like new boyfriend and he like you kind of like think he's going to be that and then he's really not. Um, like the most he says, I think that like um Daniel hears is him being like, yeah, the dad's kinda like not got his stuff together, basically, like at the bar. Um isn't untrue. It's totally true. And so I, I like Stu in this movie of like being the like new guy and he's like, and I like the dynamics with Mrs. Doubtfire because like Mrs. Delfire is like slinging mud at him. And he's just like, he's kind of like too nice to like, he's not going to say anything to like Mrs. Delfire, Right. Like as far as yeah. he, he can perceive. So I, I don't know. I feel like the characters are really well done. Um, in this movie, it doesn't feel tropey. Um,
5: yeah, I created a story for Stu for why he thinks Mrs. Doubtfire hates him, and I decided that, like, she's, like, actually, like, Irish and, like, very resentful. Like, he thinks she's actually Irish and very resentful of, of British people, and that's how he's explained to himself in his head why she hates him. I don't know if anyone else did that. That's great.
2: I just I just figured that like um in my head, Mrs. Doubtfire is very conservative and traditional. Yeah. And especially when she says things like, Oh, after after Mr. Doubtfire died, I never looked at another man in my life. And so she's kind of like isn't really for divorce and isn't really for, you know, remarrying. And so that is why she had like such an issue with poor Stu, who like, like you were saying, Grace, the worst offense he says is when he's like I think his friend was like, Oh, I thought you you didn't really like children, and he's like, "No, I don't." But like, look how cute Natty yeah. is, and it's like, yeah. "How do you hate the guy?" I feel like in any other movie, we would see a totally different side to Stu when he's not around the family, yeah. and he would be like, "Oh, these kids. I just want to hang out with her. You know, I want to yeah. hang out with Miranda. I want private time with her." Yeah. Yep. Um, but but yeah. So then we get the scene, and this to me is probably the scene I disliked. The most um, beyond the phone call was when Chris discovers uh-huh. that Mrs. Doubtfire is Daniel in the bathroom because he's standing while he's going to the bathroom. Um, and so it's it's uh, Daniel and Lydia or excuse me, Daniel, Lydia and Chris all having a conversation about it. And like Lydia is super excited, hugs her dad immediately. You know, I miss you so much. I get to see you all the time now. And Chris is like not. For it and obviously I mean Be upset that your father manipulated You hundred percent the reason he Has problems with it are because he Dressed as a woman and and It's seen as like a negative thing And that I feel like to me was Very ick of all the things In the movie Yeah
5: it, it, it just seemed like it, Like almost lazy in the Way they decided to like do the reveal Like yes let's you know um have her peeing standing up that is like the most masculine thing we could see this character doing to like create the reveal um i don't know how they could go about it otherwise you know i'm not the screenwriter here but it, it like it definitely felt like they needed to, like they were like tossing ideas around they needed the, the quickest simplest way to like create that reveal and also kind of like scar one of the children in the process mm.
3: yeah extremely i mean like i mean the whole thing it would be extremely traumatizing like This whole experience this manipulation But yeah I think that I don't know what a better solution Would have been but Um this is like Cringy 90s humor That just like doesn't work today But Mm -hmm. back in the day like this Was like a humorous scene And these were humorous jokes and it just It doesn't really work and it it Makes you it does make you feel like Ick about it um Mm -hmm. And uh yeah, the fact that like you know he just felt he didn't feel comfortable hugging his father when like Lydia did. He's like, oh, like I have to act like a quote unquote man because it's like a manly thing. It's like it's bullshit. I don't know. I I mm-hmm. don't I don't love the scene as um, yeah. either. I mean, the,
4: uh, to me though, like. Like, people do have real reactions when, you know, so, like, here's the thing. In this movie, like, Mrs. Doubtfire, like, like, Daniel is not trans. Daniel is pretending to be Mrs. Doubtfire. Mm-hmm. And so there's this whole thing where, like, yeah. And so then there's this complicated, like, you know, um, uh, Chris, I think is the, ch- is you know, Matthew Lawrence. Yes. Is having this, like, complicated reaction to this whole thing, which, like, is fair um mm-hmm. and like in a situation where like if somebody would like i don't it's just the whole thing i think that i don't i i probably wouldn't like if this movie if we're redoing it in 2021 we're doing a remake um like i don't think that like chris and lydia find out that like uh their dad is mrs doubtfire in that exact way um, because mm-hmm. it creates all these like weird, like it, it. the scene is like, yeah, it's supposed to be humorous because it's a comedy, but like I was talking about all these characters are so, are pretty like complex. So yeah, like Chris's dad has just been per- manipulating and pretending to live in the house, like as uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. Um And so like, I wouldn't necessarily under like, you know, in the movie like i don't know that he should necessarily understand that right away um either and like you need some character growth but also like they set, they put themselves they painted themselves in a corner a little bit by him being like yeah but i saw him standing up going pee and i like i saw it like there's like jokes like she's like everything and he's like yeah everything or whatever like they say
2: there's a lot of like he she thrown around which isn't great either Um, Yeah I think Hudson to your point About it being like lazy about the way He finds out I feel like even I can come up with a solution in 10 minutes Of like okay let's have um, Daniel have like a um, Not like a catchphrase but something He says to his kids often and Then Mrs. Doubtfire slips up and says That same phrase and then his Kids kind of recognize or look At his hands you know there are certain things about You that you can't cover with prosthetics And that would maybe you recognize Your father's own hands maybe he has a scar on his hand that you could see there's so many other things you could do besides like you said Hudson like the very simple thing of he's standing he's peeing most masculine thing possible you, that's how they find you out. could have
4: a moment with like Daniel and Chris of like there's you could set up something before that's like something about them and like Daniel could, like, fall out of the Mrs. Doubtfire, like, accent, right? Like, he could, like, you know, because he's like, wants to be there for, like, his kid who he's, like, now developing, like, you know, there's, like, so many more ways that they could do it without the, like, shock value-y-ness, and certainly it, it is, like, the trope, like, I've talked, like, Ace Ventura is, like, you know, pretty, the most notorious example of, like, the whole climax of the movie is all, like, transphobia, basically, right? And so, um, yeah, it, it was, like, the humor of the time, and yet what I think, like, it hurts more is that, it, like, it is this, like, really great movie um, that this scene... It's just, like, yeah, kind of sucks that that's the way it, like, you know, they're, like, joking in this in this scene.
3: Yeah. yeah, I kind of like the reveal at the end. I feel like was maybe done better where, like, the whole get up gets undone by, like, yeah, the a Heimlich physical Hanover. act. I think that maybe that's a more successful reveal. And him doing
4: something, like, night. Nice. Like, he's giving the Heimlich maneuver, right? right? This is where I like this yeah. moment of, like, yeah, do something that, like, shows that you like care about right this is just like he's going to the bathroom and they're yeah. like oh no that's our da- that's a guy oh right. no it's actually our dad like right yeah, it's real messy it, like, yeah
5: <laughs> it, it it reminds me um i feel like you've all probably seen of development right
2: i've seen some of it i have not seen the whole
5: thing so in in season two uh the character played by david cross decides to do a mrs doubtfire after he gets kicked out of the family home um, and yes. he there's like an entire episode where he's doing things to try to get them to like recognize it's him. And they all know it's him, but they just are like, well, the house has been really clean. Someone's doing our it's laundry. Someone.
2: Oh, so they're just willing to go along with it. That's
5: amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, but he keeps like doing things like saying certain things or like revealing the, like the wig. Like these are like all things that are like less terrible than the peen standing up thing that like were throwaway gags in like a sitcom. Like, I guess like 10 years later, but still.
2: Mm-hmm. No but I agree with you like it's definitely There's so many other options that they could have They could have chose from um, and then of course It's it's made so much worse because He asks his children basically to keep up The ruse and lie and continue to lie And don't tell their younger sister because she can't Keep a secret and I mean
3: so much Worse to involve your
2: children in this whole uh, Lie here
3: right yeah it's, You're putting a, a big burden on your kids um, Keeping secrets um, I you know I, I Don't I don't love that Um, But it's like it's kind of like when the teenagers the older kids are in the know like it kind of becomes like easier for this whole roost to go forward because now they're in a like in a whole like they have a routine and everything is like going smoothly And uh, Daniel's learning how to cook in his like free time And he's like making himself better And his his home environment better Which means that when he does get like authorized visitations Things there are going more smoothly Like he's making dinner for his kids And like his like little apartment looks so good now um, So it kind of, you know, it's We'll, we'll ultimately decide, like, you know, was this right? And obviously the quicker answer is no. But in my opinion, like Mrs. Dowfire made Daniel a better father and a better person in a way because it made him like figure out himself and how to and he's like helping his kids study. Like he probably never helped his kids study before. Mm-hmm. So in a weird way, like it kind of saved Him and his life and made him like Be a better father By learning A more maternal side Of himself does that make sense
5: It does yeah definitely And I think like it's It's such like um a cliche Of like the 90s divorced dad not Knowing how to do anything after The divorce but it's also a a big Truism as someone from a 90s Divorce like my dad like the first meal He made us was pasta and ketchup Um (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. no. And he also lived in a bachelor apartment in the very same sort of way. So, like, yeah, I think, like, it's almost it's almost a progressive way of thinking about it is that you have to, like, take on, like, the like the womenly, you know, what was considered the women's duties in order to become a full rounded parent um and prove that you are like capable of taking care of kids. So it's kind of cool in that sense um because yeah, I think, you know, dad's divorced dads of the 90s were just like, "Eh, screw it, we'll, we'll order pizza or do pasta with ketchup." Mhm.
2: No he learns a lot Because he has to learn how to clean and cook And all of those things to keep up this ruse And in the end it helps him out more And I think he realizes that like Seeing his kids thrive under routine He kind of sees that like He doesn't have to just be the fun dad Like you can have fun And also you know be an organized parent as well It doesn't have to be chaos Or you know law and order essentially Um, And you, there is an in between there Um, so yeah, I think that's great. And I think that like, we do get to see how it changes them. And that's why this movie is like, it's like, yeah, of course it's a 90s comedy. It's very silly. Um, a lot of physical comedy, but there's so much more to you to it. Grace, to Mm -hmm. your point about these characters and how well rounded out they are. Um, and then we have uh, Of course We can't get through The film Without a classic 90s trope Of having two Different dinners To go to As two different people And having to change In and out of costume Throughout the dinner Like the entire time Will and I were watching This part of the film I was like Just say you can't go To the birthday dinner yeah. As Mrs. Doubtfire Like say you have plans You can't cancel Like it's not That hard To get out of this Or
3: the day of Say so that you're not Feeling well Yeah uh- It it pains me it honestly does like grace like this is the most like probably like the most infamous scene like Mm -hmm. it took like two weeks to film Mm -hmm. like hundreds of takes hundreds of shots but like this this hurts me to watch every single time like how do you feel about this
4: it's so, f- it's so fun. So like, oh yeah, I don't care that he's that like, he can't think of another excuse that like he needs, he can't come to the birthday party. Like, it's good. like, yeah, it's like, again, it's just like suspension of disbelief thing. Like you just like, yeah, for yeah. the movie to work. Like, yeah. And like, I don't know, like, is there, I don't know. Cause it's the whole climax of the movie, right. That like he then mm-hmm. it gets like kind of outed at both tables. Right. Like, um, and what, in one way he like saves it a little bit. And the other one, he absolutely does not. Um, But yeah, like I love this scene. I love it so much. So uh, I'm not gonna be too nitpicky about like the logic behind it, but.
3: Yeah. It's not the logic. It's just like my anxiety ridden little heart can't handle it. Like yes. it makes me so anxious where like and I never like this scene because I like because I just like want to see my characters like thrive. So like I never liked it, even though like, I understand like the brilliance of it. But it stresses me out so much. And I just watch it with like my hands he, on my face. Like, yeah, f- like, like so nervous about it.
4: He um, needs Hudson. the moment of like anxiety and for it to go wrong, for it to eventually know, become yeah. right.
1: Yeah I know yeah. I just hate when it When he sits
2: with the boss And he's Mrs. Doubtfire so Of course you're like oh, Like you can't Anytime I feel I feel you Sarah Because I'm the same way If I watch a film Where a character is like Running late for something I'm like You're gonna be late Like hurry up What are you doing Like as much as I love The episode of Friends Of the one where no one's ready One of my favorite episodes gives me such anxiety i'm the ross i'm the ross telling, 15 minutes like why aren't you dressed 15 minutes, get going you know so i'm with you sarah but i do think like we he wouldn't get this job um with his boss if he doesn't make that mistake of being mrs doubtfire and then like being smart enough on the spot to be like this is the character this is who it is You know, is. What's funny to, though like
4: i feel like i have that like i have the like we said we're actually meeting at, like, 12, and it's, like, actually 11.05, and, you're like, you're not – or, like, 11.55, and you're not here. It's, like, you're almost going to be late, like, I think. You know, like, yeah. I have that in real life that I feel like movies and TV – I don't, like – I don't have the, like, oh, I feel anxious for you because oh, it's, I, I it's so like, it's my, you. like – I can like take a break from outlet. it. My outlet. Yeah. I said this about like Dungeons and Dragons one day. As somebody like people were talking about like as somebody who loves rules. Like I love all the and trying to figure out what I'm gonna do. And I'm like, no, it's like I can jump into Dungeons and Dragons. Like the rules are all there, and then I can just do whatever I want because like you can improvise. because it's not yeah. real. Uh, so I feel it's like I have the same thing with like movies mm-hmm. and TV that I'm not i don't imagine myself in their shoes or like have their the anxiety for them because it's just like yeah. no i have enough of that in my own real
5: life
2: <laughs> what about you hudson do you feel the anxiety sarah and i do or are you more on the gray side
5: of things no I- i'm completely on your 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 two sides like uh, I, total anxiety i could i couldn't really pay full attention to the scene the episode because it was just, i mean the episode the scene because it was just like it was too much going on it was too chaotic it was too like too much could go wrong a lot of things did go wrong uh it, it horrified me, and I, w- I wish I could pull a grace. Like I've definitely had conversations with people who are like, "You can't, like, you have trouble killing characters in video games. They're pixels." And I'm like, uh, "But, but I, I, I real to yeah. me." <laughs> so I totally like, yeah, like, I, like, I, but I also enjoy watching the cringe because I don't look and, but I listen and I'm like, "But this isn't really happening." This is, but, but I feel all the feelings. Yeah. So that's I think you know. So it's a little bit of both. Um. But I, I, I had, I had to ask you too. How many times has this trope of the two dinners at one night Have you seen A million Have you you seen that you've covered uh, on the podcast? Well,
3: it's going to come up on Boy Meets World um, This coming season For Topanga's 16th birthday Mm -hmm. Season 4 And in terms of movies I don't know if we've seen it yet In movie form that we've covered thus far
2: um no I've seen it in community I covered an episode on community building Where they have this situation and it's actually Made fun of obviously it's very it's very like Pointed out on community and You know mm-hmm. uh, made fun of poked fun of at the time yeah. in season four yeah. um Yeah I'm trying to think of obviously think it's made free, Famous it? not
3: yet obviously It's made famous by the Flintstones episode Like that's kind of from mm-hmm. my memory of like this first iteration of this trope of like being in two places at once where it th- was it like Fred has like um, like a Lions Club meeting while it's like Wilma's birthday. Yeah. Does anyone remember that episode or am I like literally? showing? No, it's it? one I mean, of it the most famous. Familiar, it's one of the but... most
4: famous, I think. Like, uh,
3: Yeah. Uh, uh, I feel, feel like it's done on like stuff.
2: I Love Lucy, too. Like it feels it has to be right. Like it feels like it has to. be That's a very I, I Love that. Lucy type of yeah. thing. Uh, no it's 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 definitely overdone for sure. but that being said, I feel like it is a trope and it is so common because it's done so successfully so often because it does give you that ang- that anxious feeling, but also, it's funny right to see someone like changing costumes and inevitably mess everything up And how? it doesn't help yeah he's drinking as this is all happening <laughs> he's getting drunk with these Like double
3: scotches you know how do you get your oh you know what another like you See this done in um 27 dresses also where she was in two weddings <laughs> at once like how in yeah. The world like do you get yourself in this situation like How, like, don't double book yourself. I don't know. Say no,
2: people. It's okay to say no to invitations to things. I think everybody
3: needs to hear that sometimes.
2: So I went to to
4: TV tropes.com org, and and it's called the two timer date. Um, The example they give is uh, from um, uh, Hey Arnold, actually. In films, Mm. they only list two which is uh, the shaggy dog. I think it's a Tim Allen movie maybe. And then Mrs. Doubtfire. But for TV, it's like Seventh Heaven, Bones, Brady Bunch, Cheers, Community, ER, okay, so Family Ties, Frasier, The Goldbergs, like how do they a do a shows? lot of uh, sitcoms? Say by the Bell, as well, so. uh, smart guy. Uh, Star Trek. Yeah. So Three's Company. Yeah. So it's been used a lot in oh, TV. Three's Company that, yeah. Which makes sense. TV often like a TV like a comedy has so many episodes that they have to like, often these like old shows are like 22, 24 episode seasons. Oh. It's like, yeah. Okay. We'll put a, put a stupid, like romantic dinner. They have to be in two places. So, I'm, I'm stuck
5: on bones. Cause like, that's like a procedural. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. How did they
3: do okay. that? Okay. As someone who's having a surgery upcoming, if my surgeon decides to like double time it at another surgery, I will sue them. <laughs> Don't do that to me. You stay here, Mr. Surgeon. <laughs> You stay here. Don't don't have two surgeries at once.
5: Mm-hmm. Oh oh, because I did it on ER. Is that was that the?
3: I don't know. Bones sounds like a oh
2: bo- no. Bones is cops. Not <laughs> <It's> like FBI. <laughs> I think we're all just wondering how Sarah well, got well, to ER.
4: I did say ER, right? Oh did ER. I say ER? Okay, okay,
3: yeah. I ER. That's definitely it's yeah, not bones like is I. Cops. I definitely did not think Bones was a doctor show. That's one hundred percent accurate. <laughs> that's definitely not what I just said. Yeah. Nope. Not. House. But, Maybe you were thinking house. Maybe you guys one hundred and ten percent.
2: Yeah, not
5: everyone grew up with a mother who was like extremely attracted to, to David Boreanis in bones, so it was it was on all the time. No.
3: <laughs> oh
2: no. Um <laughs> Yeah Uh, yeah, so at this dinner I mean to me one of the worst things Daniel does beyond uh, like tricking his entire family is like basically poisoning poor Stu like so he's Mm. allergic to pepper he puts um, like cayenne pepper on Stu's food but what's weird is that Stu like I thought he was having an allergic reaction Um but it's like he's choking on a a shrimp and so once it seems like once he administers the Heimlich maneuver like Stu's fine but I'm like but what about the pepper though
5: well the man who invented the Heimlich maneuver believed it could cure many things this is not a joke Uh, (laughs) uh, like it's it it got so bad they stopped referring to it as the Heimlich maneuver. Because of it,
2: oh, it's like oh, got a rash? Give someone the Heimlich. Maneuver. It's more
5: like have HIV? Give someone the Heimlich maneuver.
1: Mm. Oh no! Yeah.
5: Um, so you know, maybe this film was taking on some of Doctor Heimlich's ideas and was like the Heimlich maneuver cures allergies. Yeah. Okay,
4: here's my here's my lot. Ready? I'm ready to logic it out. the The shrimp has cayenne pepper on it um he's like allergic but it's more mm-hmm. like a reaction to like as long as the thing if it's like touching your so he chokes on it, it it's stuck in his throat and he's allergic heimlich oh. it's out it's a clear there's no more pe- there's not much he's pepper fine. there he'll be fine yeah, yeah. it's
2: not like a, a peanut allergy where you're like you're gonna yeah, die his like
4: whole throat is like it's like, no, it's like no it's like it's being like touching it
3: also yeah does he it. have
5: a pepper allergy or is he just british and is afraid of spices
3: <laughs> yeah yeah that's what I want to know Like Daniel probably he's not A murderer he probably was like oh This like loser is like Allergic like how I'm allergic to mushrooms Like I just don't like them so I'm like mm. I'm allergic to mushrooms oh, so you tell like, People like
2: restaurants that you're allergic oh, So they
3: definitely won't put mushrooms exactly. on there. So like that's probably what Daniel thought was happening And like he's like oh he's not allergic Like let's, let's just like make him Sweat because he doesn't like spicy Food he likes bland food right Hudson So then he he, he, that's why he was like, "Oh no, like crap! I gotta save this dude now because Daniel's not a murderer. He's a manipulator and a sociopath, but not a murderer." There's like, you know, a difference.
4: <laughs> He's also very drunk when he decide, when he oh, comes yeah. up with the pepper plan. Right? He's like very, yeah,
2: very yep.
5: drunk. That's oh, that'll bring him down. A bunch of to whiskeys in.
2: Yeah, yeah it <laughs> he drunk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so obviously this is when his identity is revealed and you know everybody's very upset especially little Natty she's very very upset Um, and This another moment that I really disliked is the custody hearing um, where they meet with the judge um, and Daniel tries to explain his actions. You know, he's like, I miss my kids. You don't understand ever since they were born. Like I've been with them every day. I needed to see them. Um, But the speech that the um, the judge has is so offensive um And it's just riddled with, uh, you know, transphobia, homophobia, like all of the above. And it's truly, truly horrifying to watch Hudson. Yeah,
5: I actually have it transcribed if you want me to read it. Um,
3: yes,
2: please do. So,
5: the reality, Mr. Hillard, is that your lifestyle over the past months has been very unorthodox. And I refuse to further subject three innocent children to your peculiar and potentially harmful behavior. I am suggesting a period of psychological testing and perhaps treatment for you yikes that's a ooh. like it's like not only uh, does this judge seem to have no sympathy for like a man who is just so desperate to see his kids that he's he's also just like showing his complete bias against people who don't identify with their birth genders Ugh. it's like it is probably the most blaring transphobia like here's transphobia in the legal system um i guess maybe that's like a you know good reality check for the trans youth watching this as kids but it's not nice to see
2: No I agree it was it was really awful just watching it and then realizing like he you were talking to so many people when you say this and the way that it's portrayed is just it's so negative and he has such distaste for it um that it's really hard to watch this scene and especially because we're also seeing Daniel you know he's having to suffer the repercussions of this and the fact that like and you could even see on on um on Miranda's face that she feels like it's kind of harsh as well Uh, but she doesn't she doesn't speak up
4: I think sometimes like on Hold Up we especially make I think some assumptions about like that when we're saying like this is like pretty gross I think sometimes when we hear it it's like yeah that's like really bad I think that like This movie, the unfortunate side effect it will have, like it and probably has had on like society's views of trans, like Daniel is not trans. Daniel is pretending to be uh, a woman. He's cross-dressing. He's pretending to be Mrs. Doubtfire. But the um, the like uh, story that it like gives off is that um, you then can't trust people who are you know um, you know uh, trans women. Who are people, you know, just trying to live their life as the gender that they they are, um, are inherently deviant, sneaky. Um, you should be suspicious of them. Um, they shouldn't be around children, um, right? Like that is the unfortunate byproduct of a movie that I don't think inherently means to be transphobic. That I think that it um, uh, that it, that's a byproduct of this of the story that they're trying. to, to tell this like yeah the like whimsy of Daniel and, and, and they, they put so much like um, there's a lot of heart in this movie of like yeah like Daniel like you don't get to be with your kids you have to have a supervised visits like you did a bad thing which like I, I agree that he did a bad thing and yet at the same time the like outcome of this story is like um, that people who dress like men who biological men cis men who dress in women's clothing are like uh, bad people you know not cis
5: men yeah yeah, and, and it's also saying like, hey, like, because you did this, you need you need psychological help. Like yeah. there's something wrong there's with some you. That you would even yeah. dare dress like someone of a different gender. Um, which is really harmful for young kids who, you know, maybe questioning their gender identity. Um, so yeah, I like it's I don't think that people who writing this had any thought that this would be like something that could be harmful, but it just you know, it just it just sucks to see it. Um, you know. Mhm. Um but I I, yeah, I, am. I
2: don't yeah, I hate the word unorthodox. I hate that that's even used here. I, I think that like it's just like you guys were saying like it's just very it's very harmful to hear and it's just it's just not nice and it's the fact that it's in the legal system I think also kind of makes it worse but like you said, Hudson, it is kind of just like a reminder of like yeah, it's broken. there's a lot that's wrong with the legal system and the way they treat people and how they how they approach the entire situation. Um, beyond the fact that by this point in the film we really know and and have you know empathy sympathy for for Daniel, um,
3: and and what's going on, um, right? So. And so does so does um, Miranda like she knows like his intention behind this. And he says later on when they get into an argument at um, Daniel's work. But it's like you sat there and you like listened and you didn't speak up like why I was really doing this. And like I'm a good person and I love my kids. And like that's kind of like the purpose of why I like did this whole thing and you just Mm -hmm. sat there and she's like, well, I was angry. And it's like, well, that's a really shitty reason to do like a bad thing. It's a selfish reason because you're not thinking about your kids. You're thinking about Mm -hmm. yourself and your, your emotions. But yeah, there's a way for the judge's
4: speech to just be a condemnation of like, that he was being sneaky. Like he's being he, like he, yeah, manipulative, he's manipulative and, yeah. um, and it doesn't inherently need to be because um, he was this weirdo who was cross-dressing, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so we kind of move on and, and the family realizes that they're, they miss <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire, you know, they didn't realize how much she had improved their lives until she's, she's gone and they can't find a, a, a good suitable replacement nanny. Um, and this is when we, you know, we discovered that, uh, that we have Euphigenia's, I can't say the name, Euphigenia's, I'm, I'm sorry, I, why did they pick such a hard name to say, um, House, which is like uh, Daniel as Mrs. Doubtfire um, with like puppets, and it's a whole children's show. I imagine it's like kind of like a PBS style thing. Um, and uh, so finally, we see that Miranda visits Daniel after filming, um, and she says you know the family was better off when you were involved so they agree to do like a joint custody Daniel's gonna take the children after school like he originally proposed at the beginning of the film um, and I really love the send off they do with the the letter that Mrs. Doubtfire reads because Hudson like you were saying um, having a film that focuses so much on divorce and having it resolve in a way where both um both uh both parents are co-parenting peacefully um they're not getting back together but they're both happy separately and the children are happy and having her read this letter about a child whose parents are divorced um and that they're not a family anymore and the kid is worried about about uh you know are will they be able to get back together um and mrs doubtfire says you know some parents, when they're angry, they get along much better when they don't live together. They don't fight all the time. They become better people and much better mummies and daddies for you. Um, and yeah, and she says like, don't blame yourself just because they don't love each other doesn't mean they don't love you. Um, and then there, I really, I think that this this last bit um, does. I don't know. I you guys, you all tell me if you think that there's like. Uh, there's more to it than what they're saying They say there's all sorts of different families Some families have one mommy Some families have one daddy or two families Some children live with their uncles, their aunts Grandparents, foster parents Separate homes, separate neighborhoods um, They may not see each other for years At a time but there's love There are ties that bind you, have a family in your heart forever um, I feel like This is also speaking to also you know Maybe some families have two daddies Or two mommies or they don't Say it but I feel like it's almost Implied in but this, this How
3: powerful would it have been to If they it. just said that of course
2: Of course I mean a million percent To me they skirt the line a lot in this Movie like we talked about before Right with uh, Daniel's brother and his Partner they skirt that line It would have been amazing
3: if they did say it But to me this, like, there's like there's shades Of it in there there's shades sense. But not, it's not good enough like no, they all They it. had to do was add Two mommies, two daddies, you know, like, and that would have meant the world for thousands more kids. And it's like it's so close, but not quite.
5: Mm-hmm. I can confi- I can. I can. I can forgive this because, um, you know, it's ninety three. It's you know, it, we're we're ten yes. years away from the gay marriage culture war, even at this point. Yes, you know, like, I, I, I had, I had zero expectations for there to be that sort of implication in that what he was saying, and I think. Like, I think it's an important message. Like, it doesn't include gay families in this, but it does say, like, families are built in, like, every family's unique and built and can be built in a different way, which, um, mm-hmm. you know, I feel is a lot more inclusive than, so, than some of the other messaging that was out there at the time.
2: Mm-hmm. It's very I even true. I feel like it has shades of, like, chosen family in there because. Mm-hmm. It's like, if there's love, there are ties that bind. That says nothing about blood relation. You know, if there's love there, that's your family. I feel like that could include chosen family as well. And maybe I'm reading like way too much into it. But I just feel like it's there, even if they're not saying it directly because it is 93. I just feel like this last bit in the film really does a lot to kind of tie things up in a way um, that is so well done for children of the 90s to be watching this type of film
4: yeah i mean this movie i mean i talk about how it has queerness in it but it's not like the theme the theme of the movie is not inherently like an lgbtq movie right it's about really it's about um separated parents um yeah. and so i'm sort of like yeah that's the note that they want to hit on the end and there's like a lot more that i think you can like sketch out from from that and uh, it's really lovely i really like the last part i love um i love like I, wa- I wanted to have grown up in a world where I watched Mrs. Doubtfire on TV um, mm-hmm. and um, as a kid, um, you know, every Sunday or whatever, you know. I really like the end. I really like, like – we've talked about this already. I love that they don't get back together. I like that. Um, like that's the message at the end of the movie. Yeah. It's like they can be civil and people can be happier when, you know, sometimes when that happens and that's like, okay, you're still loved. Um, so I, I really like the end of this movie a lot.
3: Yeah. I thought that that was very impactful as a child watching that because in so many children's movies, the parents do get back together in the end. And I think that was one of the most like the biggest things that stood out to me as a kid, because in a way it's it's sad because you're like you want to get that satisfaction, especially When you're a young child and seeing like oh like but there's happy endings and you know fairy tales come true and parents get back together but it's very realistic that they don't and I think it's like interesting to see like it just like was kind of an interesting bolder move it's like more powerful that they decide not to get back together than if they did get back together and you know it's really just about how like You know, just because like your life isn't what you pictured it to be, like the perfect family setting, that doesn't mean that it's wrong or bad. It just and it it ultimately means like you're going to be okay because of that. And I think that's like a very important message that this movie gives. Um, So I I, I, ultimately I think it's it's a great move, um, but surprising as a kid to to watch a movie that just ultimately
5: goes in that direction yeah but they were confident enough to you know like know that kids will understand that you know it's not black and white you know um like and like I feel like I just hammer that home I just it just feels like they don't that you know studios don't have that same confidence in kids these days um which you know and you know I think you know more kids movies need to end with these sort of you know things don't work out perfectly but it can still be okay in the end
3: yeah the Mm -hmm. santa claus i think the year
4: after the santa claus comes out and the santa claus is the same thing where like they're divorced and they don't get back together at the the end of the movie there's a lot of this like these themes happening um i mean the
5: olsen mm -hmm. twins was like always like there's only one parent in the picture
3: yeah yeah usually a father yeah um but yeah once in a while or dad yeah, yeah there's a there's a lot of them but yeah um yeah I think I, I, I really do still I love this movie I I so appreciate um, Your opinions And your insights Hudson and Grace Because It's something that Like is just really Eye-opening And But I still like That we can still Find love For this movie Yeah I,
4: Like I go back and forth Like I think that There's basically Three things you can Take out of this movie And it Holds up much Better which is the telephone call where he pretends to be – the scene where he is, like, outed because he's standing up and the judge's speech. I think if you take out those three things, there's probably still some stuff in there that you're like, mm. but I think it's much stronger. And at the same vein, like, we talked about this a lot. Like, we've talked a lot about, like, cancel culture and that probably people assume, like, when we have a podcast called Hold Up, everybody like, nobody should ever watch Mrs. Doubtfire ever again. Like, to me, I don't, like – you know um i wish you know before people watch old stuff like maybe like looking to see if it's going to like trigger anything for you like i sometimes mm-hmm. i wish it like trigger warnings were maybe more of a thing before movies because like if you are somebody who's thinking you might be trans and you watch this movie it might be like a particularly mm-hmm. hard thing um to do uh, but i think for like other people as long as you like can go into that movie and maybe look for context of like why this you know why the things that they say are actually like harmful um that's okay to like watch stuff that is like that doesn't hold up right i mean it's the whole premise of our podcast if we were like canceling everything it probably wouldn't be a good idea to podcast about them <laughs> yeah just like wouldn't have about right we wouldn't talk about anything
2: um we watched this but you never don't, don't
4: ever do it. watch don't it, do it and it's a, br- a br- really bad idea that then we're talking about it right um so that's my like thing i love this i still love it i watch it again and i really i still loved it um there's yeah. pieces of it like hurt a little bit and part of that's like i have such revenance for robin williams that i'm like oh i hope of he course. didn't like i hope he wasn't like transphobic you know like that's a little bit what i'm thinking and um yeah. i don't I will, i'll never like know that um and i think like his general like positivity i think speaks to the fact that like even if he didn't know at the time that he was like causing harm um like not him specifically but like a movie that he's in is doing that that like i hope that like down the road you know that his opinion can change so um yeah mm-hmm. i'm okay with it but
5: yeah, I, I do think there's a bit of the legacy can be a little muddled, though. Um, like, I the, this obviously didn't kick off, like, the men in dresses comedy. Um, I do think that it may have inspired some later ones. Like, I feel, you know, there was, there was comedy before that, but I feel like in the 90s, it may have been the first big, you know, men in drag, co- um, you know, piece of comedy to come out. Um, and... The What I noticed when I was I was doing a little bit of research before I came onto the podcast is that um, transphobes do like to use images from that movie as a way to to like make fun of trans people. So Fox mm-hmm. Nations, which is run by Fox News in 2013, used images uh, from the movie to basically mock laws that were passed in Oregon and California to uh, that that required um, insurers to provide uh, you know to cover a trans um, uh, health care. Um, so like, you know, it's, it's, it hurts to like, know that like, you know, that something so innocent was used in a way that, to, to harm trans people. And that it's so easy to, to use this movie as a weapon against trans people. Um, and like, I can even see like people like turfs who like to, you know, use the whole like, you know, me- men are going to use these laws to, you know, take advantage of women using something like, this is Doubtfire as like, here, look, there's even a movie about it. Um. So as like much as I do love it, it's there's like I feel like it did, cre- you know, there was some damage from this movie um, and it did cause pain to, you know, a good number of trans people, which, you know, it sucks to think about.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. I think that ultimately I was really happy, like like you were saying, Grace, that. There were so, I thought it was going to be riddled with moments that made me cringe and made me feel awful for watching it and awful for liking it when I was younger. But there really weren't a ton. It was really just a few key moments. And I think that ultimately I came away from the movie with like, yeah, I still think it's a good movie. I still like, still love Robin Williams. I still think he's an amazing, he was an amazing actor. He's so talented in that this movie is, has so many other, Amazing, you know, stories and amazing kind of uh, like moral not even moral, but like kind of teaches children about divorce in a way that is really important and something that. You know I would say a kid should watch if for those moments only you know to kind of realize that divorce doesn't mean your mom and dad don't love you and not all divorced parents should get back together right like let's not go to the parent trap and realize that oh my mom and dad I just need to trick them to get them to fall back in love Mm -hmm. right this one has a much more positive message I think than than something like parent trap so. Um, I think ultimately I'm really happy that and I'm so thank you so much. You both for coming on and, and talking to us about this movie, because I think I'm so happy that it ultimately did win the poll and that we did cover it. And more importantly, that we covered it with you both and that you kind of had, you know um, so much to say about maybe some of the more problematic moments, but also just kind of saying, you know what, we're not, we don't need to cancel Mrs. Doubtfire because of a few bad moments in, in the film and things that don't hold up. I mean, Who's surprised that certain moments don't hold up Nearly 30 years after a film was made Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Ultimately I'm really happy we were able To to cover this movie What about you Sarah?
3: Yeah Of course I appreciate your opinions As well and I, I am Glad that Mrs. Doubtfire Won the poll. I'm curious Like ultimately Like what Everybody else like their Love for this movie like you know, you, the listeners, like, why did you vote for um, Mrs. Halfire? Like, how was it the connection um, and like understanding with like the divorce? Like, did it help you? Or, Was it your love for like Robin Williams in this role? Um, I'm kind of like curious to hear other people like why they're so like drawn to this movie And if you see like a ranking of people's favorite Robin Williams movies Like usually Mrs. Doubtfires at like the one or two spots So I kind of want to know like everyone else what they think Like why do you love this movie? Um And, you know, I I would still absolutely catch this movie flipping through the channels, still enjoying it, um, enjoying the even even the scene at the end where I can just like cringe and like watch through my fingers. Um, It's still like a a movie that I would want to watch again and again.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: Is it his most iconic
4: role,
2: do you think?
3: So that Robin Williams? I is, don't think so. I feel. It's so either like that, or in, the genie, probably. I feel I like it, the genie. It's but not but the genie, going, Jessica. What? it's not the genie. I'll tell you why. Because its face is not in it. It's no, that's I was going but to say. But it's so say, Robin though. Williams that,
4: the genie.
2: I think that, that the genie is his most like one that isn't live action. I think it's his most iconic. I'll give you that. Not yeah. live action role. Um, I think. Gosh. I don't know. I mean, I mean, it's certainly up there. I guess you have,
4: like, Peter Pan, Mrs. Stepfire, and, and... I mean, the three that you're covering, and then, like, the, his bearded face coming out of, like, the Jumanji board, like, you're covering it, but, like... Yeah. I that, there's also, like, uh Goodwill Hunting, oh, yeah. I think, is, like... But I don't know that that's, like, hit. Like to, he, That's not he's him, He's so, his, like... It's so, they're so, like... Yeah. He was He's so different. good in drama movies, but it's almost like it's a totally different
2: Robin Williams than, like, comedy Robin right. Williams. Because when you, you think Robin Williams, you think comedy. So I feel like, to me, his most iconic role has to be a comedian. But, you know, it's well, funny. Well. Like, well, Mrs.
4: Doubtfire, like, the point is that it's not his face. And if you, like, put Mrs. Delfire up, like, mm, it's also not yeah. his face. That's so, funny. I But I still do think it's, like, it is. Like, I think that, like uh the like uh meringue on his face like this is it's probably like yeah. the like the image but the, the, and then the, the reason why yeah. I, I might argue the genie is because when you watch that movie it's so weird for like a disney movie to just be basically robin williams stand-up and like whatever whatever like impressions he whatever wanted he to said. do it. it's just like him and it's yeah. so it's so robin williams it's like it's it's like i don't know so yeah
3: yeah, yeah. Um, funnily enough, like my favorite serious role of his I really love Dead Poet Society. I, I feel Dead like Poet that's Society. uh really I watched it for the first movie. time
2: in the past year and I was so extremely bored during oh, it. Oh
3: Joe, but it's a slow it's
2: just, character drama. So. It's just not my type of film. Sure. You know that. I just mm. I tried it, I gave it a fair shake
3: mm-hmm. and I was like,
2: this Bores me I don't need to watch a bunch of like white privileged men at like like go to school Like it's just like oh, I don't care
3: Jessica
5: <laughs> <laughs> that's
3: all um, felt to me I don't know yeah uh, Hudson do you find this to be his most iconic role
5: I would say yeah I, I do I do like I'm trying Like like I did a quick google what's his most iconic role and one of the answers was like The robot in Bicentennial Man and I'm like I don't even remember yeah. that movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Bicentennial Man. Um, I uh, one-hour photo. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, that movie was terrifying. I know. Uh, yeah. I know. You know, and that or him. You know, like honestly, Goodwill good Hunting because, like, you know, there's what there. What's that line like where he's like, you're like, like you're okay or whatever, whatever. You know, when he's saying that, mm-hmm. like that line over and over again. That's like a a really memorable one for me. But it'd be that or the genie. Um, honestly, like as someone as a '90s kid.
3: Yeah yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the Patch Adams <sighs> Talking about depressing movies <laughs> Now
2: I'm getting sad again Because I love Robin Williams I so know. much We were talking before we started the podcast We were just kind of chatting in general about like You know where were we when, when we found out about Robin Williams passing and just kind of like What he means to us and I don't know it just makes me sad I just he's so He's such a legendary comedian In a way with his impressions And his voices and all of that that I feel like No one no one else can touch You know um it's just sad but I'm, I'm really happy we're doing this month because it just allows me to like go back and revisit some old favorites from my childhood yeah. and i'm really excited to to cover jubanji as well um kind of scared because the oh, monkey boy always scared. terrified me um J- but him be- no, wait, the <laughs>
4: monkey boy or like just like him being a monkey or just like him being a monkey
2: <laughs> was scary to me and also the guy with the gun the hun- that was the like, poacher is them. terrifying
5: he's perfectly yes, cast like- in that movie how about yeah. that
2: I don't need someone chasing me. What about the me. fact
5: that, like, this person gets sucked into, a, mm. like, a game for, like, mm. yeah. 20 years, 30 years. It's horrifying. And, like, just disappears. And, like, it destroys a town. Like, because <laughs> the father's too depressed <sighs> to run his shoe A lot factory. of things to be scared Sorry. of. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's, it's a, ter- I mean, it's a very existential film. Like, what happens when you disappear?
4: You guys are covering the one with the rock, yeah.
3: right? <laughs> yeah. We got him. How dare you? Got we hooked him. How how him. We dare him. you?
2: Um, But yes, thank you. Thank you both for so much for for coming on and guesting with us here. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit more about Hold Up? What do you have coming up? What's in the works? Do you want to plug Hold Up?
5: Yeah, sure. So uh, for uh, anyone who wants to hear more about um, older media that, you know, might not whole up, especially from like a queer lens uh you can check us up or check us out uh you know we're on instagram at hold up podcast with one p we got anchor.fm slash hold up right or the hold up podcast right?
4: yeah no anchor.fm slash hold
5: up <laughs> yeah you know you can find us on all your uh your 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 podcast apps um yeah and uh we're tagged in the instagram uh that's where i'm mostly on so if folks want to see what i'm up to you can just follow my instagram through the hold up podcast one p instagram Oh yeah, what, what we're going, what we're doing? Do you want to talk about what we're doing, Grace? Oh, we're
4: gonna watch uh, Glenn or Glenda, which is a nineteen like fifty three film. Oh wow, it's like an expose film, so it's very like you know, like it's all acted, but it's supposed to be like you're watching like almost like a documentary ish a little bit um, uh, about oh. transsexualism.
1: Yeah, yeah I remember yes.
3: yeah. Oh, no. This this yeah. film from It's directed by Ed Wood yeah. by, I remember yeah. it from the Johnny Depp, Depp film Ed, Ed Wood, Wood. Yeah.
4: Uh, So it's like I mean not to spoil it but like it's very Very progressive in many ways And very very not progressive in many many ways So it would be very mm. interesting to talk about um, Can I plug some stuff that I'm 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 doing Absolutely. So Tuesdays uh, at 8pm Eastern twitch.tv slash DM Philly I play in a show called yeah. Dragonfly, which is D&D in space uh, Jess has so been good. binging it It's I think we're having a ton of fun, our last episode was like Hilarious, we ended up, this is a very Shit 90s show, we ended up on a Giant, um, basically a, a giant Creature's back, who had a Forest on his back, and his name was Gump Um, so we like ended up on his back and we had to fight some creatures (laughs) on his back so that was fun Um, I'm doing a movie review podcast it's basically Post Show Recaps Theater on uh, Post Show Recaps uh, monthly so we did uh, a movie covering some movies that came out in July and soon we'll come out with a a podcast that covers three movies that came out in August so we're doing Candyman uh, Coda which is like an Apple TV sh- uh, movie and we're doing um, Free Guy um, the mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds movie I'm um, also on the Post Patreon doing a James Bond podcast we're doing three podcasts leading up to the new one that comes out uh, so check that out on the Patreon and I covered I'm just mostly yeah, uh, Black Widow Brigade I covered uh, the show that Jess was on um, Oh what's that? YouTube show <laughs> um, and so I did a uh, review, like a recap of uh, the first uh, four episodes on on the Silent Podcast Network. So that was my debut over there with Matt yeah. Scott and Latanya Starks. It was very, very fun. It was very fun.
2: I started listening to it, and um, I'm already in love. Like the minute Latanya gets introed, and she's just like, "Yeah, I don't watch Survivor, but I am watching this, and there are too many rules." Yeah. And I was like, yeah. "Why is Latanya in my brain always at all times?" Right. I haven't so finished the podcast that. yet, but I'm really excited to hear what you all think. No spoilers on what I am, my role, any of yeah. that, or what happens. But I can't wait to like. I don't know. It's weird to me because I don't... I'm not on reality television. I don't do any of those things. So to hear people talking about like your actions and what you're doing in a game is very strange.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's such a cool concept. Like doing audio commentary podcasting about an uh orgy like i think it's like really really cool
4: they set up a very like cool premise with black widow brigade in that like it's a yes. mystery and so like i think sometimes as the like people critique i think people on survivor sometimes when it's like yeah but i get to see all the confessionals i get to see everybody's confession i know exactly what they're thinking like in this game yeah the way that they designed is that you're you're only a little bit Less in the dark Than like You only get a little than, bit Than like yeah, you get are
2: Some of the characters And not everybody yeah. So yeah The thing that I think You all get That the players did not Is that you do get to see The midnight rides right. To Edge of Extinction Which us as players Did not yep. see And that to me watching as a as a person as if you were watching it was very illuminating i was like had i known yeah. all of that mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. um but, but yeah. yeah exciting Great stuff fun. for anybody who says i podcast too much i think you need to direct <laughs> all of your messages to grace instead yeah. thank you kindly yeah wow, <laughs> Um, Sarah what do we have Coming up in this Robin Williams Appreciation month
3: yeah so Our as previously mentioned we are Covering Jamunji later in the Month with Naomi Calhoun oh. Very okay. excited to talk about all of that. Um, if you missed our one year anniversary special where we did a 90 snack bracket, check that out. We put that out earlier in the month. We determined what was the best 90 snack. We actually did have all the snacks that were within our bracket. Mm-hmm. So, um, spoiler alert, I ate the one that won today. Oh, look at that It still holds up, it's amazing well, It's really something. good um, Aside from that, we have our weekly Boy Meets World and Dawson's Creek coverage We are entering Season 3 of Dawson's Creek and Season 4 of Boy Meets World Lots of excitement there You can send in feedback and follow what we're up to at shit Nineties Pod on Twitter and Instagram And you can also follow us on our website, wwwchit 90 spodcom can follow me at Sarah Ferguson and Jess, take it away.
2: I'm at the Jess Sterling. You can also hear me on Community Building over at Post Show Recaps. Uh, I watch Community with Josh Weekly. I've seen all of it. He's seen almost none of it. It's really fun. We're in season two, the best season of Community, very obviously. Fight me. It's the best season. Um, so listen to that. Very exciting stuff. The, the next episode we're covering is like I, Josh is going to lose his mind. I think he's going to love it. Um, so I'm really excited about that. If you're a patron of Posher Recaps, you can watch us live. Um, so if you want to do that, slash patron uh, Grace and I are all up in that Discord at all times. I speak for Grace when I say both of us. No, I told jo- I told time. Josh yesterday
4: as we were talking about the Discord and how like people can come join it. And I said if one of the big differences is that we basically live in there, so we might not have a good I live there, we might yeah. not have a good sense of like you know <laughs> how people who come in from the outside are But like I live in that Discord yeah. basically.
2: No. Yep. There all the time uh, So you can come hang with us $10 level Join us It's so much fun We play tons of D&D Which is also another thing That I have fallen in love with Over the past year um, You can listen to our, our D&D uh, podcast That we did with uh, Austin About Dawson's Creek That was a fun time um, But thank you all for listening Thank you so much Grace and Hudson for joining us This was I I mean I don't know This is one of my Like favorite bonus Podcasts in a long time Like I just feel like It was so much fun We got into so much And I really love This movie Um, So thank you all For listening We will talk to you All next
1: time Just ask Shit 90 shows Taught me